Mark Selby, Chair and CEO of Canada Nickel, advancing the Crawford Nickel Project and unlocking the uh, Timmins Nickel District. You are. And, and with today's yes. news, we've kind of got a sense of how you're going to do it as well. So, uh, a congratulations, order. Is, is it the deal you wanted? Yeah, no, no, major milestone uh, happening here. We've got, you know, one of the, we're the first big bulk tonnage deposit to have a major mining company invest in the story. So, we've got Anglo American at 9.9% yep. uh, shareholding. So, you know, that's great. It's the right size. Yeah. Gives us the money we want, gets the endorsement investor, but doesn't put them in a blocking position, you know, that would, that would take out some of the auction potential. Uh, you know, for the asset uh, right. in the future. Well, yeah, in fact, on the show, we've talked a, a lot about competitive attention. You, you, you can't put yourself in a position where, well, two, two things happen, where you've kind of got a majority shareholder which kind of shapes yep. and defines your future and perhaps restricts your, your, your future optionality. What, what does the deal actually look at? And how much control do you retain? Sure. So uh, there's no board seat now. If mm -hmm. they get to 15% in the future, which they would have to yep. do by buy more stock in the market, you know, at that point, you know, they're able to get one board seat. Uh, right now, uh, they're getting uh, a seat on our technical committee because a key component of this deal is they've got some technologies that they think can add a lot of value uh, to Crawford. So we're going to be providing a, a bunch of samples uh, to them uh, to be able to, 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 uh, to do that work. Right. Uh, and, you know, again, <laughs> all of us will benefit if, the, if this, these technologies that they've got, you know, will, will unlock an additional value as well. Uh, there's an offtake component. Uh, but again, this is an offtake that's strictly at market terms, not giving up any economic value. They're just going to basically manage the, the flow of those goods for just 10% of our production for the first, it should be for about the first 15 years. So 65,000 tons of nickel out of, you know, what should be you know, feasibility study, you know, one and a half million tons. So right. not 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 a, a very large portion of our of our offtake over yeah. the life of mine. And I think, you know, what's really important as well, too, is not just the nickel cobalt, uh, it's the iron chrome product, you know, and the carbon credits. So, you know, the fact that, you know, those are two components of value that, you know, we've talked about, people go, well, I don't know if this is, you know, this stuff is for real, you know, who's going to want this iron chrome product, but the fact that they've included this as part of the transaction, I think should be a signal it's, to people that it has value. The, the kind of construct, the construction of, of the conversation is what I'm interested in. Yeah. To go and get a, a company like Anglo, uh, interested, it's not easy. Not, it's not, most people don't do that and they do look around and you know, take options on a few projects here, yeah. here and there, but to get them over the line is great. But there's a few new components here. It's not just nickel. The iron chrome yep. and the carbon credits, yep. right? And the carbon capture I component, we'll throw that in the, yep. in the mix as well. So give, give, which, which, which part of um, Angler is it? Is, is it yeah, so it's basically with uh, they have a group that basically does does right. marketing that they've set up to do some of their uh, investment in smaller scale companies. Right. But we're working with that group, and then we're working with their future smart technologies group. Right. So you know, and again too, some of their technologies, you know, they want the if if we if we do use their technology, they want the offtake for the incremental, which which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but again, the incremental for the nickel, you know, and the in incremental for the for the carbon credits. So right. okay. again, if people are skeptical that you know this rock, you know, um, you know it's for real, and you know these okay. guys are you know making so it's investments. So ten percent offtake on the regular. Yeah, hundred percent if they use their technology to extract incremental yeah. value. There, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's bring back the basis. Money. So how much money? Yeah, twenty four million dollars. Is that enough to do what you need to do this year? This, oh, this gets us through a good chunk. You know, we, we may need some more money later on in the year. Yeah. But again, you know, we, we're having these conversations, you know, with the Koreans right now in terms of offtake. Right. And again, if people should realize that these discussions take a long time, I think sort of, you know, our initial conversations with Anglo were, you know, 18 months ago. 
you know, oh, and really? yeah, that's when, you know, to start to do the dance, get serious about it, then negotiate the terms, um, and then get to a point where, you know, we can announce it today. Well, let's talk about that, because you, yeah. you, you had a few people kind of, because I think we talked at the, not quite sure when last year, but yeah. the beginning to middle of last year, yeah. about, you know, wanting to bring in strategic partners, right? Yeah. Kind of help you through the economic phase, also give you credibility as well as a balance sheet yeah. and actual cash. Yeah. Um, 18 months conversation, 18 months with Anglo, You've been talking to Koreans for a long time. Yeah. So what what is the kind of process look like? Because I think most people looking at the junior space expect, yeah, it happened overnight, right? Yeah. Yeah. It clearly doesn't. No. Oh no. No. Again, you know, I work for Inco. We had very good long term relationships with you know companies in Japan, companies in Korea, elsewhere. You know, I, I know that those things don't happen. You know, you know, in, with two meetings and two months. You know, right. it's basically it's creating a relationship, right? It's forming the base. You know, uh, forming the base of a relationship. That you can then form a business transaction on top of, right? And and those things take time. So right. you know we've been sprinkling the seeds for a long time, and so you know again the, the the other thing I think that's important about these deal is you know a lot of times the conversations you know people don't move quickly unless they start to feel a little competitive tension, a little competitive pressure. Right. So all of a sudden you know with this one deal now that you know okay ten percent of the capital, ten percent equity stakes gone to someone, ten percent of the off takes gone to someone. Oh you know I'd like to have a stake. I'd like to have uh, some of the offtake. Right. And now it's starting to disappear a little bit. You know, I think that'll help, um, you know, speed up and put some pressure on the other conversations that we're having. Right. And then we're going to be working with Scotia and Deutsche Bank uh, again to, to net now that we're sort of far enough along to, you know, to, to put a whole process together to start marching these people, you know, towards an end goal, you know, which we were hoping right. will be sometime before the end of the year. Okay. So, okay. So Scotia and Deutsche Bank obviously will kind of talk to the broader market in terms of strategic investors. What, why? Oh, no. They'll be talking to strategic investors. They'll, they'll we'll be, do that yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's no yeah. president's list. We got this covered. <laughs> yeah. We're going to all of market. Yeah. So Scotia, you know, again, has got a great mining franchise. You know, that was the, the key piece there. I mean, right. Deutsche Bank, you know, obviously does as well. But where, right. where Deutsche Bank, really brings this, you know, they've got a whole global industrial franchise, right? Gotcha. And we're talking about car companies globally. We're talking about, you know, battery supply chain companies globally, right? Mm. So, so you know, bringing them both together, you know, was was a, was a was a perfect fit from from our perspective. Right. So the the other thing that you promised at the end of this year, which has has been delayed, and we talked last time. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Uh, is the feasibility study. Right? Yeah. So twenty four million bucks gets you. So you know, so good chunk far, of the way through this year. Good yeah. chunk of the way through. Yeah. So remind everyone now, because it's a new show, new interview. Yeah. Uh, timing of feasibility study is when it's going to be mid 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 year and a Q two. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's to include the carbon capture, carbon credit component. Yes. Yeah. Um, I assume the money that you just picked up will allow you to kind of get to the feasibility study. Yes, we're, we're good on yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's yeah. the deadline. No new yeah. deadlines. Yes, okay. no new deadlines. Yeah. So following that, you, you, I think you're intimating that there will be more money coming in, and you'll let us know how and what shape and how much. Yeah. What's that for? That, that'll basically be, you know, again, we're we're building a real project. So you know, we kicked off a permitting process. Last summer, you know, yeah. there's a bunch of milestones that have happened. This year, when you end up filing your environmental impact statement, you know, that's a big chunk of work, and there's a whole pile of uh, dollars in terms of test work and engineering that need to mm. go into that environmental impact statement. Um, and so, you know, that that's another sort of you know work stream um, mm. that needs to be financed. Uh, and then again, you know, once feasibility study's done, you know, that you can't take that and start okay, give it to a construction company and say please please build the project. Yeah. You need a little more detail than that. So. You know, again, based on the amount of financings available, we'll do more or less detailed engineering to, to you know, continue right. to lay the groundwork so that, you know, the day that we get the permits that we're ready to, you know, hit the button 
on, on construction. You know, and that's why on the financing side, we've got again Scotia and Deutsche Bank on the equity portion of the project financing, and then we'll be appointing in the next month or so a project debt advisor. There's a handful of companies um, that right. do that. We, past life with RNC with Dumont, we work with Rothschild. You know, for many many years. Mm -hmm. Again, Rothschild. You know, does, does doesn't work with just anybody. You know, and, and again, you know, sort of a, they work for good projects and good teams. And and again, you know, the, the people we're going to be working with, um, in terms of the debt side, again, you know, there's a handful of people who do billion dollar type. Uh, project debt finances, and, and we'll be working with one of the leading companies, you know, okay. on that front. So, so I think I, I, you know, we see enough companies come through here. So when they when they announce they're going to be working with finance companies, I kind of go, "That's great," but I don't care. Right. The bit that I think today brings is a bit of credibility. Anglo, they've got choices, yep. right? Um, it's also they'll have done some diligence because yep. you don't like splash the cash without doing that. So, yep. And they've got a technical team who are capable of doing that and also want to work with you technically um, going forward, right? So yep. that's, I think that's a, that's a massive endorsement thing. What do they think, because this is one of the things thrown at your company, thrown at you all the time, and companies yep. like you all the time, is like, such low grade. Why would I work with a low yep. grade nickel company like this? Right. So what's important to them? No, they basically see a large, high margin, multi-decade, uh, resource base high, that's sitting high, high margin. It's low grade. How's it high margin? Yeah, no. I'm again, just if you read the PA, you know, you're looking at sixty percent operating margins, you know, over the life of the mine. Right. Uh, and again, go look at what BHP, Rio Tinto's, Vivale's operating margins are on some of their, you know, and they're they're around that number. So right. people really need to as grade is just a number. You right. really need to look at you know revenue, operating costs, capital, you know, and look right. at what that overall equation looks like. Right. And and again, big guys who build big multi-decade projects, you know, they're they're not scared by you know the the, the kind of scale that we want to start at. They're not yeah. they they like the fact that it's a multi-decade resource with lots of exploration potential, right. you know, and they hundred percent get the fact that we're sitting in Timmins with a pile of infrastructure around the project, and and we're not some new copper discovery up in the Andes with no water, no power, no people, uh, and no infrastructure. So. Right. You know, which is a lot of the, where the new other base metal deposits are out there today. So okay, yeah. So but let's let's talk about that. I say if you don't mind, because it's nope. just like you're kind of getting to a really exciting phase, right? Yeah. Kind of like you can talk about the Somme curve if you want to do that turns you on, but it's that that whole conversation around low grade um, versus and 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 high capex, right? That, yeah. That's the things people go, oh man, it's it's a million, yeah. a billion, it's two billion, whatever number, yeah. right? And it's such low grade, this won't work. You, the word you use there, which yeah. I think is important, and I'd like to understand better, is this this margin component, yeah. right? And yeah. I think you're, you're you're a little bit casual there about yeah, yeah. It, saying, look, it's it's it, it's it's easy. What are the factors that influ influence your ability to create a sixty percent margin type project with such a low grade, uh, you know, ore body? Yeah. So so one, it's it's just the resource itself, so that you can operate at a scale. Right. You know, so we'll be starting, you know, in the feasibility study, you know, at 60,000 tons of ore a day going to 120,000 tons of ore a day. So that just brings your unit costs what that, down. That, what does that mean? Can, yeah. can, can, can some numbers no, no, I mean, at the end of the day, when you have a mill, you basically have the same number of people in, in a mill, whether it's 1,000 tons a day or 120,000 tons a day. Right. So, um, you know, having that scale, mm. you know, really brings you down the, the unit cost, right. unit cost element um, pretty dramatically. The other big big driver is just where we're located, you know, in Ontario. So we have access to pretty reasonable cost power. Mm -hmm. That's also low carbon. So that allows us to design mm -hmm. in a low carbon footprint. Uh, we've got all this infrastructure in place. So, you know, we're not at the end of this 200 kilometer road, 
you know, where we're going to have to truck diesel in and truck reagents in. We've got a rail line that, that already exists just 15 kilometers south of the thing, and we'll bring that right into the mine site. So we can bring in all of the bulk supplies we need by rail. So again, that's another big chunk of cost component. And then the other part, you know, that people don't pay enough attention to is we're fortunate to be in a place where we have 60,000 people in several communities that are less than an hour's drive to the mine site. And right. in Ontario, people are happy to, in, in, in Northern Ontario, to drive an hour to and from work. Right. Um, you know, th that's not an issue at all. So we'll have a residential workforce. We won't have any of the fly-in, fly-out costs that mm -hmm. you have to put on top of the labor. And then, you know, once you're in the fly-in, fly-out pool, you're competing with every fly-in, fly-out project, you know, right. across the country. And so having a residential project, you know, in, next to a nice city like Timmins, um, you know, is, is, a mass, is a massive benefit in terms of having a productive, much lower cost workforce. So when you stack those things together, you know, that allows you to get to an operating cost per ton you know, that, that makes sense. And, and again, very simply, you know, we started out mining $30 ton rock plus or minus costs are 10 to $12 a ton during that phase. Right. If, you know, then we ramp up, you know, and then over the life of mine, you were looking at 20 to $25 rock with eight to $10 ton operating costs, you know? Okay. And again, just go bench, go benchmark ATIC and believe go benchmark the big, the big copper porphyry projects in Western Canada, you know, and those numbers, you know, for smaller operations are, are you know in line with you know what we're talking about from an operating cost okay. perspective so the, so the, the, the opex component is, is a kind of secret source here and the fact it's multi-decade so yeah your sunk costs up front in terms of capex amortized over the lifespan that's what's attractive to these big companies yeah for you it's yeah. not a 10-year life of mine right now we need to find something else yeah we're here for 30 40 years yeah yeah and you've got the you know the, you've got the optionality from the ex expansion potential of, of doing stuff in the future and again you know again for big companies yeah that optionality you know is something that that's worth you know worth, worth some significant value to them right okay so so for this year i'm trying to i'm trying to sort of get people obviously we talk on a weekly yeah um, Barry's show about the, the world of nickel and you know what, what it's doing in terms of pricing and so forth. Well, last year was a kind of funny, funky little year mm -hmm. uh, for it. And I think most companies were off in terms of equities because that's what the market was doing. I think there's a little bit of enthusiasm, certainly when we've been around some people yep. in Darwin one-to-one -one here, people are excited about 2023 and what, what it could deliver in terms of commodities. So that's, that's all good. Back to Anglo. Yeah. Because that's the big news of the day. Yeah. Anglo, what, what are they calling? I think it's the, it's the Anglo, what's the technical team? Future called? Smart Technology. Future Smart Technology, what a great name. Yeah. Anglo-American Future Smart Mining Team. Okay. Yeah. They, they want to use their technology and they want to kind of help with the kind of efficiencies um, of, yeah. you know, the, the, the project because that's, you know, where they're going to understand their margins a yeah. bit, bit better. Is that going to delay anything with you? Because you, you've included this kind of carbon component and you're saying, look, we need to do this. Yeah, because once we understand how, how those economics work, it dramatically changes our understanding of the economics of, of, of the project. So we've delayed this. That yeah, Anglo-Americans' involvement with the Future Smart team is not going to delay things. It's not one single day. You know, okay. we are driving on onto the same schedule that Got we it. have. You know, and, and again, that was you know something we, we very definitely <laughs> wanted yeah. to, to make sure. You know, from day one, we've been aggressively advancing this project forward. You know. To go from fifth drill hole to less than uh, feasibility study in less than four years on what'll be the biggest base metal mine in Canada, you know, is an outstanding um, uh, tribute to, to our team, you know, and the ability to to, to you know uh, operate, advance things in parallel, and be able to push, uh, you know, push like this. And so, yeah, th this the future smart technology applications are all about you know potential additional value that could come in, but that right. won't stop us from you know advancing our core project. 
right? Because you know, as long as it continues to be owned by us. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, you, and, and I'm just sticking with this a bit longer. So, with um, with Anglo Americans team, obviously they're looking to see efficiencies in terms of reduced emissions, right? So, yeah. dealing at the front end. They've also you've also introducing this component of the carbon capture at the at the back end. Yeah. So it should should be a very appealing project if, if people are allowed to use the word ESG anymore, or you know net zero carbon because I think it's, people are so tired of, of, of people throwing these around with uh, no real substance behind it. So yeah. is that kind of the biggest attractive draw to them in terms of their ability to bring you know save the money up front, but also in terms of emissions, but your ability to then maybe negate that across their group, not just with the futures thing. Well, again, it's 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 the you know a adding some EV metals to the portfolio, expanding their production. You know they they of already course. operate in, in nickel today, right? And then again, having on a on an ESG basis in terms of the jurisdiction, in terms of the location, yeah. and in terms of the carbon footprint. You know, it's check, big check, big check, yeah. big check. But really, so, it's about we got a, a whole bunch of nickel here. Yeah. Iron Chrome, is, was, we really talked about it a long time ago. Yeah. But that, you, you, put, you put it on the press release a few, few places. So that, that, was, that was meaningful to them. Yep. Oh, no, they wanted, they wanted you know, 10% of the offtake of, of all the various metal the products. Yep. Right, and, okay. and again, you know, Iron Ore and Chrome in the PEA, we talked about you know, taking all of that into the stainless steel industry. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we would be the only Chrome producer in North America. You know, and Chrome, wow. again, okay. Chrome, Chrome. Uh, is is a high carbon source of again? It's one of these metals where it's it's made here in South Africa. You know, it's made in a few other places, and you use a lot of carbon um, to to be able to to smelt uh, ferrochrome. So, for us to be able to offer a low carbon chrome product is something right. that's very effective. That's why we're working with Marcus Moll and his team in Austria, and again having those kind of conversations with some very big companies around being able to to, to use that feed and look to process that materials somewhere somewhere in North America. To be able to provide a low carbon feed of both both, both iron and chrome. Um, so, with Anglo American coming in, what was the price it came in? One ninety five. Yeah. Common, common shares. Yeah. Right? Um, you've been as high as four. So it's yeah. kind of like well, it, it, we are where we're at. We use it's all concerned around the, the timing of this. I know you've been talking about it a long time. Mm -hmm. You're probably talking about it when they you know, were at round four. Of us, oh yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. No, we've we've those conversations have you know we've gone from. Three, four ducks down to two bucks, and yeah. you know, back up and down once or twice. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a it's a premium to the, the thirty day VWAP. So sure, that's sure. Yeah, but that's the, good the miles, in this is spreading frustrating to you? And I know you talked about your you know your family wealth. And yeah, is this frustrating to you as it will be for a lot of re retail shareholders? Yeah. I, I, I suspect in terms of the timing. Yeah, um, but you're saying it's about what that money can unlock for you going forward. You, you will. And again, you know, being the first of the bulk tonnage projects right. to get an investment from one of the major mining companies, you know, is a massive endorsement, right? Yeah. So again, there's a lot of, you know, fund managers, investors who still, you know, don't quite get the, the economics of this bulk tonnage. Again, yeah. I don't think it's that complicated, but, um, you know, this will make it easier uh, for a lot more investors to step into the but, story. So. But, I think, but I, think, I think the institutional guys, and you know, I was one. Mm -hmm. They they will be looking at the great thing, yeah, and they were looking at both tonnage, yeah, and they say, oh, it's therefore marginal, right? You were talking about margins, yeah, sixty percent plus, yeah, and the economics can improve possibly with the with the carbon component. Um, so I think it's almost like you need to stop talking about grade when you start talking about margin, yeah, 
therefore, they, and then maybe the, the narrative changes. Yeah. Some, some yeah. So, so that's yeah. what I've picked up today. That's yeah. what, it was interesting to hear that word margin yeah. uh, come into the conversation. Um, right. So, and, and finally, just finish off, because I'm, yeah. I'm really, really trying to wrap my head around the, and also the timing of this, because obviously the, it seems good value at the moment. Yeah. He's just stepped up to the plate. If there's a second, the second tranche of money or the, the, the next tranches of money to kind of get you further along the line, Will that be another strategic investor? I know, I know you've, I know Anglo have got a bunch right. of options here and depending how things go, but you may not want that. You're in control of that at the moment. So you're right. looking to get raise that kind of competitive tension. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, we've got, again, we've got discussions with the whole EV supply chain. And right. It was just in Korea last week. Again, okay. you know, um, we're talking to, you know, again, we've got a portfolio of, of, of 20 plus properties. Mm. Again, you know, with what we've done at Reed, um, what we're picking yeah. up at Texmont, you know, there's a whole number of ways for different people to come in and for us to raise right. capital that doesn't necessarily, you know, dilute Crawford. So, um, uh, again, between now and, and, and the end of the year, when we may need some more money, it, you know, any one of those levers uh, could come to the table. Right. Um, and, but and what does that look forward. like? Again, you know, the, the uninitiated, like, yeah. where you're, oh my, more dilution, yeah. more dilution, it's a nightmare. Right. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, you can you're starting to do structured finance now. Yeah. And the type of money is is more important than the amount of money. Yeah. Right. Right. So so we can bring assets in, you know, into specific assets. We can bring right. money into, you know, specific structures around certain assets. Right. You know, we could joint venture certain assets. Gotcha. Um, so you so know, one bit of it'd be sitting down here at asset level yeah. potentially yeah. as a way of doing that. Yeah. And obviously, offtake, uh, you'd never countenance a royalty if that's possible, would you? No, not on Crawford. Crawford's right, okay. already, Franco Nevada has a, uh, okay. it's 2%, and okay. that's as Done, much as you want, and Franco Nevada's got okay. that one. So, okay. um, but, you know, on some of the other properties, you know, we've got, we've got room on, on the other, okay. other regional properties. So, okay. um, you know, that, that's, that's something that, that's potentially uh, monetizable. Um, but, you know, but, but at the end of the day, you know, look at our share count. You know, we are, you know, five months away from completing a feasibility study, and we've got a share count of 120 million shares. Look at some of some of our peers have seven or 800 million shares. Some of our peers have 250 million shares. You know, and a feasibility full feasibility study isn't even on the horizon for most of them. So, you know, in terms of giving people the maximum tor nickel torque mm. <laughs> per share, the maximum uh, future cash flow per share. You know, we're 100% focused on that. So you can be, be assured that, you know, anytime we issue shares, you know, I am, I'm extremely cognizant of, you know, that managing that dilution, you know, to the, to the minimum amount possible with, with having as least risk to the balance sheet, you know, as possible. So. Good, good announcement today. Thank so, you, thanks sir. Thanks for coming in and saying, yeah.